What is up, everybody? Episode 65 of J5, getting live here on Tuesday, December 6th, 2022. Seems like it could be a, a big day for, well, a big week for news in New York baseball. And it's definitely a big week coming up for New York football. So I guess we're going to just wait and see. I'm going to start with the football teams and deal with that. And then we'll go to the Mets and we'll go to the pending Yankee news. Um, So we will wait and see on that. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, seems like Aaron Judge to the San Francisco Giants is happening or is very, very close to happening. Uh, John Heyman got caught with his uh, proverbial pants down, sent out a tweet, said, Arson Judge appears to be signing with the Giants, followed it up with Aaron Judge um, appears to be signing with the Giants, then followed it up with another tweet that says the Giants have not officially heard word that Judge is coming. So you wait and see at this point. Um, But it does seem like it is a very, very real and very close to happening. But with that being said, nothing is official yet. So we're going to dive in on the Jets and Giants. So... Start with the Jets. Full transparency, I was at the Giants game. Um, was checking in on play-by-play. Didn't get to watch. Saw some highlights later in the game. Um, if you were not watching the game, you would have thought that the Jets were getting blown out. And going back later and watching uh, highlights and just going through the play-by-play, you realize the game was much closer Um Then the score indicated early. Jets were down two, three scores all game. And then all of a sudden started mounting a huge comeback. Um, And they got to about, they got to the one both times late in the fourth quarter with a chance to win the game. And the Vikings did what they have done all year. Was one of my picks. That was one of the winners. Not good anywhere else, but that was one of the winners. And um, they did what they've done all year. They they tightened up, and they found a way to win a game. And Mike LaFleur's play calling was pretty bad in the first half. It was pretty bad down by the goal line. And it's pretty blatant that even though Zach Wilson is not the quarterback anymore, that Elijah Moore is still in the doghouse. Braxton Berrios cannot be the guy getting end arounds or be key target um, in any situation. He he isn't that guy. The, the guys who need to get the ball in key situations are Brees Hall when he's healthy, Garrett Wilson, and Elijah Moore. And that's it. And the bottom line is it was a sore mistake by the head coach and by Michael Floor to not have Elijah Moore in there on those end arounds and getting more targets. 
Braxton Berrios isn't that guy. But if you're a Jets fan, there are some bright things from this game that you could take away. One, they did not let Justin Jefferson kill them. He, they contained him for the most part. So this defense continues to show you good things. Two, they battled all the way through. Getting down to the one twice late in the game with a chance to win it. And three, Mike White continues to make big time throws. And the energy around the Jets now that Mike White is the quarterback has shifted. Because they believe. They believe in him. They don't believe they're ever out of a game. They believe that he can lead them to the promised land. And honestly, it's a big time, big time move by them to keep him a quarterback. He is the guy. And they should not look to go back to Zach Wilson at all. They should... They should totally keep Mike White in there. I don't even think of, I don't even think anything that happens. Um, I don't even think anything that happens this week is relevant. Whether they win or lose or whatever, it doesn't matter. If they get blown out, if he throws four picks, they got to keep him at quarterback. Um, it's just that. It's the bottom line. Um, he has done a very good job of leading them in the right direction. And it's a no-brainer. So that's my thoughts on that situation right there. I would be impressed with the Jets. Um, I'd be impressed with the Jets. I would have a lot of faith in them moving forward. I think that they are going to be... Um, in a very good position moving forward here to win some playoff games and basically that's about it. So now to the giants, I was at the game on Sunday. Great time. Um, really was very proud of the giants effort in this game. They were down 10 nothing, and I got a text from somebody said, hate to say I told you so. And I replied back, 10 nothing versus Taylor Heineke, and you're going to bury the Giants. And we went back and forth, talked about how the Giants, they talked about how the Giants don't come back. I said, you know, it's Taylor Heineke. It's not Dak or Jalen Hurts or Kirk Cousins or whatever. It's, you know... The Giants have a chance in this game. Sure enough, bing, bang, boom. Two drives later, the Giants tie the game up. 10-10. And there were a lot of sequences in the game when it seemed like the Giants were outcoached, but it never seemed like they were outplayed. The effort, the defensive ferociousness, even the offense in the first half was moving the ball really well. Second half, they stalled out completely. Um... And the run game still cannot get going. If Jones doesn't run the ball, the Giants don't move the ball. Saquon has has regressed mightily in the second half of the season. Um, and I now we have questions about if they're even going to re-sign him. But what I'll say is this. Um, there was a lot to build off of. This was a game they should have won. 
They left. The problem is they didn't put their foot on the commander's throats. Whether it was the Feliciano penalty, the Slayton drop, um, the fourth down play where they just let Heineke run wild and they don't keep a cover on Curtis Samuel. And Heineke does what he does. He just, you know, runs around long enough to make a play and he makes a play. And that's the bottom line. Um, the third and three in overtime where Saquon and Richie James run into each other, like just unacceptable, unacceptable this late in the season, but unacceptable in that situation. You got to be more focused and you got to be tighter on that. Um, and just unacceptable to not get the five yards on the Graham Gano, like on the last play of overtime before Graham Gano is going to kick it. It's plain and simple. Um, it's just not, it wasn't crisp enough. The defensive effort was amazing. And basically, basically, it just wasn't good enough. And the fact that the Yankees had a chance to win this game, put it away, the, the Giants, I'm sorry, my mind is focused on multiple places. The Giants had a chance to win this game, put it away, and really take control of this second playoff spot, the second wild card. Would have been huge. But they didn't. They get the tie, which actually strangely helps them because... Now in two weeks, they're going to... The, the Giants control their own destiny. So do the Jets. That's the bottom line. So if the Giants win three out of their last five games, they're going to the playoffs. And as long as one of those three is the Commanders, then that's even better. If they win two out of the last five, they're probably going to the playoffs. The way this thing is going to shape out. But either way, they have to be better. For... For eight games, they were really, really good. Or the first called to first. Yeah, for eight games, they were really good. They were six and two. And they've stumbled since Seattle. One, three, and one. It's simply not good enough. So they got to tighten it up. They got to lean on the defense, lean on the pass rush. They have to start finding ways to score points. And it all starts this week against Philly in a game that they really don't have a chance to win. They're outmanned everywhere, every spot. But we're going to see what they're made of. So that's my thoughts on the Jets and the Giants. I'll have more for you on Thursday as far as a football preview goes. And we'll see what way those teams go. Now, to the baseball teams. The Mets answered the bell, and they answered it big time. DeGrom leaves, they signed Verlander. And to me... I know that losing your own guy sucks. Really sucks that DeGrom left. But availability is the greatest trait that a pro athlete can have. And Justin Verlander is always available. And Jacob DeGrom is not. I think Jacob DeGrom in the last three years has made something like 38 starts. It's just pathetic. The guy's always hurt. He's always got a shoulder... He always has, like, this attitude, like, he's smarter and better than everybody. 
and he's a really great pitcher. He might be one he might be the best pitcher that we've ever seen in this like New York, New Jersey area. However, he's not the best in the game right now. He had a stretch where he was, but he's fallen off that. And for him to talk down about New York or whatever it was, the Mets came with a strong offer on him. They offered him $30 million a year, $40 million a year for three years. And he turned it down. And that's fine. Go to Texas. Good luck there because don't know how you're going to win there. But the Verlander signing, Steve Cohen doesn't rest. They bounce back. They sign Verlander. They have two strong, older starting pitchers at the top of their rotation. And they're probably going to fill in the pieces the rest of the way nicely. And they're going to add to that lineup. They were in on Trey Turner. They might be in on Xander Bogarts or Carlos Correa or something. You know they're going to try to do something there. And they're going to add pieces here. They might add Nimmo back. There's a lot of ways they could go. But we're going to wait and see what they do. Because I have a feeling that they're not even close to done. Bringing back Edwin Diaz and signing Justin Verlander is not all that this team could do. And now, to the Yankees. I said it for a while. I have continued to say it. They are a loser organization. They have lost their way. Whether it was bringing Brian Brokeman back, keeping Aaron Goon as the manager of the Yankees last year, or whether it was just not getting better at the deadline in the ways that they needed to, this team is not made for a World Series. They are just... They're just not good. And now there's a strong rumor and a strong chance that their star player, Aaron Judge, is going to the San Francisco Giants. And truthfully, I don't blame Judge. Two years ago, the Giants won 108 games. They have a lot of payroll. They're definitely going to make some sort of move to sign a shortstop. And essentially, it's just not. just not appropriate that they let him go. Not after the year that he had. So, I don't think the Yankees are in a strong position at this point. I don't even know what moves they're going to make if Judge leaves. Um, 
I really just think that they're going to be in a bad place. I didn't think they were a good team heading into last year. They surprised me. They won a lot of games out of the gate. But they... They crashed and burned in the second half. There needed to be an angry offseason, a 2009-style offseason. And there hasn't been that. Rizzo back is great. Would have liked to see them in on DeGrom. Would have liked to see them... Would like to see them get Correa or Xander Bogarts or one of the shortstops available. But it's not going to happen. That's not who they are. And now there's a chance they lose Aaron Judge. And if they do, it's going to be a whole mess around here. So, all right, guys, that's an episode I'll be back Thursday with the football preview show. And if anything happens with Judge, or maybe even Odell Beckham, who knows? I'll keep you updated. All right, guys, J5 out.